this is Mike Dilt with the Relax Back UK show on UK Health Radio, your global real feel-good radio station. On the Relax Back UK show we explore all kinds of health topics, so keep listening and enjoy the ride. Hi, and thank you for joining me, Mike Dilt, with the Relax Back UK show. This week, the show is made possible by the kind sponsorship of AlgoCells. AlgoCells uses the body's own stem cells ability to regenerate tissue to treat joint and spine injuries and pain. Check out their website, algocells.com. Invention and innovation is the theme again this week. Now, for three days, I've been at the Codex.com conference in London. Uh, and it's really jammed full of kind of thought-provoking, insightful, in-the-moment, doing-it innovators. Um, and it's anything from gene editing uh, to NFTs uh, to kind of the latest in quantum computing. It has been amazing, interesting and inspiring. And I spoke with some of the presenters and attendees. That was Prasant Shah of O2H. You'll hear more from him later. Then this. The key areas are increasing blood flow, increasing tissue oxygen levels, reducing pain, and then accelerating cellular growth, recovery, replication. These are all benefits of a new fabric called Chimera. Tim Brownstone tells us why they're good to haves. And then I might bring you up to speed with my current blood pressure and being overweight plans so please do stick around for a great show thank you UK Health Radio the station that makes you feel good nagging pain we at AlgaCells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopaedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. AlgaCells, part of a network of 50 Regenex clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. AlgaCells, life is more beautiful with less pain. A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well-being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non-toxic practice. Inside, you will find a vegan restaurant, juice bar, and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind, body, and spirit connection. Cancer patients are offered free sessions. To find out more, please visit us at hellolove.org. The station that makes you feel good. So I was lucky enough to be at the Codex conference. I spoke to presenters and attendees, and I'm just going to let the interviews run one after the other. You'll pick up the thread easily. We just had a fantastic set of talks, and uh, one of the speakers was Daniel Nathreff, and he's founder and chief executive officer of ADA. Ada Health Incorporated. Is that, have, I, have I got that all right? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, tell me, um, I've got a rough idea, but just summarize what Ada gets up to. 
So ADA is a, a bit like a doctor in your pocket. Uh, it works pretty much as if you could, do, could have a WhatsApp chat with your trusted family doctor. You start with your presenting complaint. It's chat-based. It's a conversational interface. Uh, the app takes you based on... So, so you do this speaking, not tapping in? So, so it's typing. It's like a WhatsApp chat. Um, we also have a, an in-house version where we're experimenting with speaking. But if you've ever called uh, a telephone hotline and you were stuck uh, in a loop, you will actually realize that the typing is, is easier uh, in many cases. So you start with your presenting complaint. The app, like a very good doctor would, takes you through a series of questions, narrowing it down and gives you two main things at the end of this question flow. One is an idea of what condition or conditions might be causing your problem. And the second is some advice on what steps to take to fix the problem. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not going to ask you all about it, but I, I, I attended your, your talk and you kind of touched on lots of things. But one thing that really struck me was that this thing has been downloaded 12 million times. Yeah, and in the UK, we have about a million users, uh, even though we've barely done any marketing in the UK. So it's actually uh, quite a popular tool here as well. And we think uh, it could really help the National Health Service. So my, one of my two co-founders is actually a former practicing NHS doctor. Um, I, she also happens to be my wife at this point. Uh, she's our chief medical officer as well. Uh, and she worked... Uh, Keep it in the family, that's what I say. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. So, so she was a pediatrician and geneticist, worked here at Great Ormond Street, uh, Edinburgh's uh, Hospital in Cambridge, etc. I did a PhD in Cambridge. And we think um, our tool could really help uh, decrease the burden on the NHS because, we're, for instance, in the US, we're working with Kaiser Permanente, which is one of the most innovative health systems in the world. And actually, uh, I think the NHS very often looks to Kaiser, and we're Kaiser's digital front door partner, uh, where people use our technology before they actually see the doctor. And we direct, based on uh, this pre-assessment, we direct people to the right doctor. Uh, and and sort of, since we've all already taken um, a lot of the information and it's integrated with the next step. It saves the doctors a lot of time and also we redirect a relatively high percentage of cases away from urgent care. So uh, rather than what's happening with NHS 111, where a lot of people end up in A&E who shouldn't end up there, we think we could help the National Health Service uh, save a lot of money. Well, certainly this is very topical at the moment because GPs are under intense pressure. There's no question about that. So is the idea if you e either you're directed away from going to see your GP anyway, or if you do go and see the GP, the GP's already got an awful lot of information about you, so can spend less time um, doing the basics and more time doing the important stuff, maybe. That's exactly it. I couldn't have said it any better. Um, we think the strength of uh, GPs and human doctors in general that we never want to compete with is really showing empathy and really reading between the lines and all these things. That A bot will not really be able to do that as well, but by uh, taking some of the administrative burden and some of the repetitive uh, tasks away from the GP, we think we can actually make the GP's life easier uh, and decrease the pressure both on the individual GP and on the system. And by easier, you don't necessarily just mean less time, you mean concentrating on the important stuff. I think that's the vital thing here, isn't it? Exactly. So um, one other effect that we think we can bring to, to doctors and to the system is that we prevent uh, unnecessary misunderstanding and loss of information between the patient and the doctor. So me, having been a patient myself, 
Uh, I know that, you know, especially when doctors are under a lot of time pressure, they, they sort of cut the questions short. And what we see very often in the App Store reviews is that people actually say, I wish my doctor would take as much time to ask me about this detail. Uh, and, you know, the doctors are not to be blamed. They don't have the time. But by us having already done the work and delivering the synopsis of this at a glance to the doctor in advance of the appointment, uh, we prevent the information loss between the patient and the GP and then actually also uh, the next doctor because they can rely on that as well. Um, uh, and at the same time, uh, we're, we're making the doctor's life a bit easier. Now, you, when you were talking, you touched on loads of things. Now, I'm not going to try and uh, talk about all of those in, in this quick chat. But one thing you mentioned that absolutely fascinated me, you said you can potentially, well, not just potentially, you have spotted outbreaks of different things early. Fascinating. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so people use us before they see the doctor. Uh, and in many countries, uh, the, like the country where I'm from, uh, Germany, where I, you know, I wish we had the level of data that the UK actually has. Uh, so you are ahead of us uh, in, in that sense. Um, everything is still on pen and paper. So uh, it takes a long time actually for the information from doctors to go to the health authorities. And we saw that during COVID where the, the, the basis of uh, information that health authorities really had was super limited and there was a lot of guessing uh, is the honest truth but because people use us before they go to the doctor we can actually spot things in our data we can see when there's a sudden let's say outbreak of measles in new york we can actually see that in our data and we can see it before people end up at the doctor's office and then before the data gets uh, gets um, given by the doctor to the health authorities so we are often like two weeks um ahead of the health authorities. I, I can see how this could be very, very useful for all, all kinds of organisations and people. So look, brilliant. Thank you. Daniel, so much uh, for chatting. Thank you, Mike. We've just had the first morning of biotechnology talks. Absolutely fantastic, all of them. And I've been lucky enough to chat to Lawrence Pierce. He's the CEO of Lifelight. And his talk interested me particularly because I have high blood pressure and I discovered it more or less by accident. And he's developed something that could help well, millions of people like me. So could you just kind of outline what it is that you, you told everyone? Yes, of course. So we've created a product called Lifelight, which is simply a piece of software that you download onto your mobile device. And in 40 seconds of looking into the camera on your smartphone, we can measure your blood pressure, pulse and other vital signs and give you an indication whether you have hypertension or whether you need to be signposted to speak to your GP. And therefore, it's a highly scalable way to help people who don't know that they have blood pressure. There's actually um, over a billion people with hypertension in the world. And in the UK, almost half of those with hypertension actually are undiagnosed. So there's a, there's a, there's a big kind of need. And um, NHS England, in their plans, um, have got a target of, uh, of trying to diagnose 80% of the hypertensives in the UK over the next seven years. So it's a big challenge. And so it's looking for ways to do this that's really scalable and very low cost. This is fantastic. And I, I'm sure I could talk to you for hours about it. But the fact is, this is just a short uh, sort of quick bite uh, about, about Codex. So um, if people are listening to this and thinking, Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Uh, have you got a website or somewhere people can go for more information? Yes, absolutely. Lifelight.ai is our website and we'd be very happy to um, connect with people 
also through our social media um, we have lifelight uh, on LinkedIn it's probably the best way to reach us and just lastly tell us about um, your experience of Codex have you enjoyed chatting to some of the other presenters I mean there are some massive brains here talking about extraordinarily amazing technology it's the only way to describe it really absolutely it's, it's been awesome and inspiring and some of the ideas around uh, deep learning are things that we're grappling with in, in quite a humble way, really, solving these challenges of blood pressure, which are huge enough in themselves. Um, so I'm taking away lots of ideas from some of the other speakers. So we've, we've, we have just come out of another session of the, the Codex Talks, and this one was about materials science. And one looked at, at buildings, and because in a previous life I was a, I was a civil engineer, I was particularly interested. So I've coloured... Uh, Matt Johnson. Uh, so, Matt, thank you very much for taking the time to chat. To chat, and just just tell me uh, what company you well is yours actually. You are you are the big cheese, aren't you? So it's your company. Well, hi, my name is Matt Johnson. I'm one of the co-founders of Layer. And I'm also the CEO. Okay, all right. And the the topic was really reducing CO2 emissions, use of CO2, this kind of thing. So why why are buildings uh, important to that? Well, I think buildings are, much to the surprise of a lot of people, a huge contributor to global CO2 emissions. So buildings contribute around 39% uh, to CO2 emissions every year globally. And in that, there are two important segments. There's embodied carbon and there's operational carbon. So the stuff that we make buildings from and the work that it takes to keep those buildings up and running. And we're really interested in contributing to, to both of those and importantly, the cycle that happens during a building's lifetime uh, between operational and embodied carbon. Okay, and are you getting traction, if you like? Uh, is, is the construction industry, the construction world starting to think, hang on a moment, he might be right. We need to listen to him. Yeah, we, we are uh, in the privileged position of having uh, a very sophisticated set of physical and digital products that enable very traditional industries to digitize. So I think we see traction from construction and building technologies um, for two reasons. One, uh, we see that companies genuinely want to be better stewards of the environment and they're well incentivized to do so. Um, but secondly, that in order to grow, these companies need to find a way to make their products more digital, and we offer them a way to do that. Okay, excellent. Now, you spoke about lots of things, and being a civil engineer, I could go on and ask you loads of questions. I'm going to try and refrain from that and really take a step back, because the thing about Codex is there are a lot of experts in lots of different fields here, and I've already seen a couple of them chatting away in corners about, you know, goodness knows what, the sorts of people that you know, in their everyday life might not meet. So have, have you found this event uh, particularly um, resourceful? Has it made you think about different ways you might do things? And essentially, you know, has it been mind-expanding and, and fun? Well, I mean, it's certainly been fun. And I think that we are, uh, you know, excited to be a Codex, particularly because um, it is a diverse technical audience. We, we do a lot of work with technical groups, but they're t they tend to be very siloed. So coming to an event where I can be speaking to a civil engineer, scientist, someone who's working on space technology, someone who's making graphene is, um, is, is, is uh, I don't know, infectious somehow. And so I really, I really enjoy that aspect of the event.
Good. All right. Now, if, if people have just been listening to this short snap and think, you know what, I'd like to learn a little bit more uh, about how to look after my building or constructing a building and how to get, make the CO2 less that from both those two routes you, you, you mentioned, um, how can they get hold of you? No problem. You can find everything at layer.io. That's L-A-I-I-E-R.io. Thank you very much indeed for chatting. Thank you. Good, right, so now we've, we've left Codex and we've actually been invited by the organisers down the pub. So we're all down the pub now and I've, I've managed to get one of, the, uh, one of the presenters to talk to me. Thank you very much for chatting. So please do uh, introduce yourself and say what, what, uh, what company you're from. Hi, um, my name is Hebu and I'm Director of Product at a startup that is based here in actually King's Cross. Um, we're called Wave. And we are researching, inventing, and building the next generation of autonomous vehicles. You're doing the vehicles or the uh, software and all the guidance stuff that goes into them, or both? So we are really focused on the intelligence and the uh, driver um, inside the autonomous vehicles. We leave the uh, really difficult task of building the cars up to people who have been doing this for a lot longer. Um, So our... In driving intelligence really is one that uses deep learning, which is a, an amazing field um, which takes data and machine learned algorithms to make sense of very complex amounts of data. Um, and the beauty of this is that you can teach um, a vehicle, or in our case a driving intelligence, to make sense of the world and to adapt to its ever-changing environments. Okay, so th- so that means stick it anywhere and it will be able to deal with the situation so our product vision is one that has a driver that can drive in as many different places as uh, a human might be able to Um, we are really looking for the most adaptable driver we're building something that can get us to a hundred cities first right i'm still at codex and i've i've managed to collar uh prashant and he's co-founder of o2h and uh I've heard that you've been an attendee at all the Codex events, so I guess that pretty much makes you a, a Codex junkie. So why, why do you like these things so much? Um, I think uh, it comes from my love of just understanding what is going to happen in the, in the future of science and technology across the world. Um, Rakesh kind of curates an unbelievable kind of range of speakers from around the world. And when he says he bring, he's going to bring the top 50 global innovators, he really does bring the top 50. Global I've noticed he's not messing around, is he? No, it's fantastic. Uh, and it's really jammed full of kind of thought-provoking insightful in the moment doing it innovators um, and it's anything from gene editing uh, to nfts uh, to kind of the latest in quantum computing uh, there's really no kind of green technology uh, and i've even invested in some of the companies um, from the first um, kind of a codex t- set of cor- talks that he does and as well as being an angel investor and a professional investor through our fund o2h ventures it gives me a, a rare insight into what's happening i think and so much about the future is about convergence and trying to understand where life science meets green or green meets technology um, and and so on and so on and, and, and understanding those um what's happening in those spaces in between these specialisms I think is, is, is what is particularly exciting and, and I think the fact that he gives you such a wide 
kind of landscape from which to explore during these three codex days. It helps you kind of at the end of the three days kind of join the dots together in your own line of work. And do you think the presenters have found that useful? So, you know, to be surrounded by big brains in other slightly different areas, do you think they've, they've sort of found it inspirational really well i think it absolutely is inspirational i think when you sometimes when you're so deep in your fields and you get to kind of take a step back and 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 meet and speak to other kind of inventors um, and i think that's something which they all have in common they're all kind of avid mad professor type inventors who are doing incredibly exciting groundbreaking things i think it's a it's a genuine community and i think it's a really diverse community that uh, ruckish is able to pull together here Right, um, so without giving away any commercial interest, you know, you keep coming back, you're, you're an investor, you, f- you find it useful? Um, absolutely, I think the, the sessions we just had now on quantum computing, I think when you look at the applications in life science for com- com- quantum computing, around genomics, around therapeutics, around kind of designing um, and identifying new targets and, and uh, even doing small molecule discovery, the, the power of quantum computing can significantly potentially reduce the cost of doing drug discovery um, and the tech biospace is a as opposed to the biotech space, is an extremely hot area extra- attracting a lot of investment. So to have an understanding of quantum computing and how it's going to shape uh, that sector and that industry, it's, it's extremely important to be part of that conversation. So you'll be back next year by the sound of things? I really love the Codex Talks and I really make a lot of time in my schedule to attend them. Uh, it's difficult to find three whole days but it's just so insightful and so exciting to hear what people are doing. That's the perfect place to end. Thank you very much for chatting. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Nagging pain. We at Alka-Cells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopaedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. Alka-Cells, part of a network of 50 Regenex clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. Alka-Cells, life is more beautiful with less pain. A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well-being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non-toxic practice. Inside, you will find a vegan restaurant, juice bar, and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind, body, and spirit connection. Cancer patients are offered free sessions. To find out more, please visit us at hellolove.org. The station that makes you feel good. Tim Brownstone of Chimera has done lots of sports at a very high level. Now he's an inventor and entrepreneur. And I asked him what were the sports and did one of them in particular move him towards the idea of a new fabric for sports people? So the short answer is yes, there was one particular sport that I guess was the inception point of what became Chimera. In terms of what sports have I done, um, when that inception point happened, I was sprinting 200 metres and I had just done my first international meet, which is in Germany, and I picked up a knee injury. So the 
the that sort of inflection point came from me really looking for a way to get myself back on the track quicker and I was following a biochemistry sort of academic route at the time I was doing my A-levels or AS levels one of the two and um, for those that are non-UK listeners that is ages 16 through 18 and I was as I trying to get myself back on the track quicker outside of sprinting I've also done a sport called tetrathlon which is running shooting swimming and cross-country horse riding uh, and then when I was at university I was a lightweight rower to not quite an international level but a high uh, national level so mm-hmm. uh, those have been my kind of crux so running equestrian sports and uh, rowing all right so a, a keen athlete and then at one point a keen athlete with a bad knee uh yes well broken in, in a number of different senses throughout the uh, academic uh, sorry the sporting career but yes the uh the, the knee was the inspiration yes okay so did that lead directly to this uh, material called chimera it wasn't directly so the to summarize what was a five-year period the knee led to me investigating as I said ways that i could get myself back on the track quicker I found a NASA research paper where they were making plants grow quicker, specifically tomatoes, um, using infrared light on the International Space Station. And, you know, I started asking, well, I wonder if if it makes tomatoes grow quicker, could it make my cells grow and heal quicker? Which led to me doing some reading and discovering a number of uh, research papers out of Japan and Harvard across in the US, uh, where, yes, they were demonstrating that was true. And that then led to a three-year undergraduate program where I was kind of continuing my own research in the field and coming out of that so we're now in 2012 into 2013 technologically uh, the material had been developed but um, why does Chimera exist rather than why didn't I just say being a scientist was I was worried that sticking with the academics would lead to the technology being stuck in the lab and I wanted it out there to be helping people Um, we have obviously the sports brand, but also a medical uh, side of the business. And the business was started with the question of, could you utilize a lesser regulated market, i.e. the sporting market, to commercialize and validate uh, this technology okay. to then help finance it going into medical applications? Because I didn't have the resources way back when to sure. uh, be able to do that out of pocket. All right. So we, we got to the point where infrared going into the skin potentially um, speeds up the healing process and all sorts of other good things. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that uh, shortly, but this uh, chimera, this, this fabric produces infrared radiation and uh, sends it towards the, the wearer's skin. So I, I guess my, what I'm thinking is how does a fabric produce infrared radiation? In uh, considering I'm not a scientist, so in in terms of uh, the layman. So this is often easy to be done if I have a little diagram or something I can draw with. But uh, given that people are going to be listening to us, if everybody can cast your mind back to sort of chemistry 101, where you have a little atom in your mind. So you have the nucleus of the atom in the middle and then you have your electron shells around the outside of that. I'm drawing it as you speak. You're drawing it. Perfect. So. We have specifically selected what we call bioceramic minerals that are embedded inside the fibers that make up the yarns that make our fabrics. And they've been specifically selected for their for two things, their absorption spectrum, the amount 
of energy they will absorb and at what wavelength and their emission spectrum. And what happens is that they will absorb energy, shorter wavelength energy, varying from the UV spectrum into the visible light and then into the near infrared spectrum. And as a photon of that energy, let's say visible light, so from either a, a lamp in you know electronic source or from the sun, hits the atoms inside these uh, molecules, it causes the electrons to excite to a higher energy level. Yeah. And that is destabilizing for the atom or for the molecule. So it wants to get rid of that energy. And so it, then the energy is dispelled, if you will. The electron moves back down to that sort of energy, original energy state. And what comes out of it is there's a little bit of heat as waste. And then there is the targeted frequencies of infrared light that our garments produce, which are at 8, 12, and 14 microns, based on the known biological effects on the human body. And just to correct one of the things that you've said, you, you said a couple of times there, the infrared goes into the skin. Yes, it does go into the skin, but actually the frequencies of infrared that our garments emit, they will penetrate into soft tissue roughly four centimeters. So the direct uh, sort of penetrative effect is uh, a four centimeter depth. And then you get a peripheral response depending on the direction of blood flow, um, which we tend to quote an effective depth of up to seven centimeters into soft tissue. Okay, all right. So essentially, it takes um, some of the infrared light that's coming from the sun, blocks all the other stuff out, and uh, sends that on its way merrily onto our skin and into four centimeters of, of our body. Is that is that more or less it? It's it's more of a conversion. So it's not. It is okay. taking a little bit of infrared light, but it's also taking the visible light. So the light that we see with, yeah. it's taking that which is otherwise you know other than for us to see is latent and wasted in the in the environment and it's using that as a fuel source to then convert it into a more useful wavelength of energy i gotcha i gotcha all right so it's making more infrared and this infrared is going into our bodies mm -hmm. just put everyone's mind at rest infrared is is, uh, is not carcinogenic is it it is not and actually the back end of my undergraduate degree <clears throat> was spent looking into it specifically because I was looking into wound healing. So I was looking at how can you accelerate cell growth and replication. The obvious concern there is, could that go out of control? And while we make no claims, because we haven't clinically substantiated it, um, that a chimera product would be anti-carcinogenic, there, there is uh, documented clinical evidence out there of infrared stimuli having anti-carcinogenic effects on certain tumor types. So mm -hmm. I say we're not making those claims because we haven't validated it with our products. Um, but there was there has been extensive research done both by myself in terms of when I was developing the technology and then others in the field to uh, make sure that we are uh, classifying this as a safe form of uh, radiative uh, light therapy. No, I've got it. I've got it. Right. So what does it do? We got a bit more infrared going into our bodies um than normal what, um so what does it do other than just warm us up a bit more than normal <laughs> so the 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 functional side and the applied side can be will be different based on whom you are and the the, the, the function will be much the same the, the application becomes different okay. so functionally speaking the key areas are increasing blood flow increasing tissue oxygen levels reducing okay. pain and then accelerating cellular growth recovery replication. The 
a number of them are related to the fact that when the body is exposed to infrared light, it activates the production of a little wonder chemical called nitric oxide. Nitric oxide, okay. <clears throat> nitric, and important yep. to define nitric, not nitrous, as they're very yep. different things. Um, and so from a standpoint of functionally, you know, and by all means, if you'd like me to, I can go into the different chemical pathways and specifically what's happening um, in, in these responses. As far as going into the, the, the chemistry, let's just do one thing and then keep the rest of it in terms of the layman. He said, right. It's nitric oxide, not nitrous. Nitrous oxide is laughing gas, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Or if you're if you're into car racing, it's what makes your car go faster when you uh, have a canister of it to inject into the engine. Right. And has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about now. Correct. Right. Absolutely Let's nothing. chuck that away and come <laughs> back to what the nitri nitric oxide does for us. And you you, you mentioned uh, four things. Um, yeah. And if so then. Nitric oxide is not related to all of those, but it is heavily related to, to three of them. Okay. So it is a vasodilator in the sense that it makes our blood vessels open up, allowing more blood to flow to our cells and from our cells, okay. um, is which that, is increases circulation. It is a very good thing because the blood uh, delivers fuel and it removes waste products. And so if you increase the supply, you're able to allow the body to work more efficiently. Okay. Then, so that we've actually got the, the technology has been medically certified uh, globally uh, in different jurisdictions for those circulation claims. Here in uh, Europe, we have a, a class 1C mark. In the US, we have a designation as a 201H uh, medical device for uh, improving localized circulation. And this is another important thing where it comes to the nitric oxide production. It is a localized benefit. So if you're wearing our socks, for example, it will not be causing nitric oxide production in your hands. It will only be in the area where you're exposing it to the infrared coming from our products. Okay. Um, then you have, as I mentioned, the increase in tissue oxygen levels. So the analogy I give uh, where it comes to the tissue oxygen levels is you're, you're kind of, you're, you're increasing your surplus fuel and then Clinical research in a sporting sense has shown us that our cells are using less oxygen to achieve the same level of work output, which kind of is the analogy of your, your turbocharger, but then you've got a more efficient engine at the same time. So you can go faster, you can go further, but you can be more efficient All in right. doing I, so. I was wondering about this, this aspect of more, more oxygen in your tissues. Now, I, I've come up with, well, the, the problem I had, and you please do put me right, because this is a very sort of uh, man in the street question. So I, I don't have knowledge about this. We've evolved over millions of years to perform optimally at a certain oxygen level in the atmosphere and presumably in our bodies as well. So it just struck me as kind of odd that tweaking that would make things go better as a, rather than sort of send things a little haywire. So I, I think... In terms of the tweak, if you want, were looking for sort of a comparative, if you would look at like altitude training, for example, where we are deliberately looking to trick our body into relying on a less oxygen-rich atmosphere. Yeah. Um, in this case, we're not requiring you to change the atmosphere and the composition of what you're breathing, but we're making our cells work more efficiently so that surplus is there available for when you want to put 
that extra gear down and put your foot on the accelerator. And I mentioned earlier that the application is different depending on who you are. If you're an athlete, in essence, this enhances performance, it accelerates recovery, and it reduces injury risk. If you're a one of our medical users, you're unlikely to be doing sport. So this could be helping you to manage a chronic condition such as arthritis or Raynaud's disease. Um, and so the application can be very different, but the actual functional biological benefits are the same, irrespective of who you are. Okay, great answer. I, I, I understood the answer, therefore great answer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, were you, were you going through these four separate items? We've done blood flow, we've done oxygen. Yeah, so then the pain relief side of it, um, this is an area which personally I'm quite interested to explore, especially in medical environments where there are high instances of opioid addiction. Um, reason being that nitric oxide is involved in a pathway um, when you take an opiate. So to put it into very lay terms, when you take an opiate, such as morphine, for example, the morphine activates or leads to the activation of INOS, which is the short code for, uh, sorry, ENOS, neural nitric oxide synthase, which produces nitric oxide. The infrared is activating ENOS, which stands for endothelial nitric oxide synthase, which is in our blood vessels. And so we're stimulating this nitric oxide production, which then goes on to activate a secondary uh, catalyst called cyclic guanosine monophosphate, CGMP. And that mediates the pain relief response when taking an opioid. So we're nowhere near as potent, but we are a natural, you know, no drug involved, no addiction uh, of using the infrared. So for chronic pains, such as, as I mentioned earlier, things like arthritis or tendinopathy, for example, mm-hmm. where it's a pain that's always there, we've been able to show quite significant reductions. We have some large you know, five-year data sets from some of our sporting clients, and we've been showing 25% reductions in the perceived pain scores that they're, that they're giving us. And that's quite a significant reduction in that inhibitory you know, pain there that they have to deal with. No, okay, so so it's it's somehow dulling the reception of pain. When when you first mentioned it, I, I thought you know you know when you you hurt yourself, you knock yourself, and you kind of rub it, warm it up a little bit, or you mm-hmm. know uh, put a scarf around it to warm it up. I thought that was the direction you were going, but actually it's a bit more involved than that. It is a bit more involved than that, but the interesting thing, um, you know, when you, when you sort of say rub it or put your hands on it, uh, it always makes me think of that scene from uh, the original Karate Kid when uh, Mr. Miyagi is rubbing his hands and he puts it over the, uh, you know, the, 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 the knee that's been affected. And actually, in rubbing his hands, Mr. Miyagi is increasing his near infrared output from his body. So there is actually a bit of an overlap there, and there while I would still put it into the realms of pseudoscience because of the efficacy that he had in the film, um, there is some, you know, there is some science there behind uh, that, that scene in Karate Kid. Sure, I get it. I need to go back and see the film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be showing uh, um, kind of um, your age with... Uh, Quite possibly. Talking about that film, yeah. Although, <laughs> I, I haven't seen many films, so t- don't take that to heart so much. Fascinating. All right. Um, the next one you were talking about, cell growth. Yeah, so this comes into my academic background, and it's one of the things that really differentiates a Chimera product from, for example, a comparative compression garment when we're talking in a sporting sense. Because if you're traveling, let's say on a plane in a compression, normal compression sock, 
Um, there will be an element of benefit with reducing any information, reducing hopefully the chances of an individual getting DVT. But what it definitely won't be doing is increasing this cellular, cellular response. Now, it's multifactored when it comes to the healing process. The one that is, I think, best documented and that we speak to on our website is that when exposed to chimeric products, um, the infrared within our cells, we have little uh, powerhouses called mitochondria. So they are there to produce a, a chemical called ATP, adenosine triphosphate. And that's the energy currency, if you will, that helps our bodies run. And the process of producing this ATP is in, basically accelerated when exposed to the infrared light coming from chimera products, which means that the cells have more units of energy and therefore they can do work quicker. If you were to be building a house and you could afford five builders, but then you expose to chimera and you can afford 10, then you're going to get the house built in half the amount of time. Okay. If we're talking about uh, doing good things for cell growth, building our houses a little more quickly. Um, again, the slight concern of uh, cell growth, if cell growth is out of control, that's a bad thing because that's cancer. So mm -hmm. um, the, is, is there any connection? Tell us that this is not going to cause a, cause a problem. Uh, I can tell you confidently that researchers, including myself, have looked, as I said, for any potential carcinogenic effects and they have every time not been found and in some cases anti-carcinogenic effects have been observed. I think the important piece to remember here is that the cellular function that is changing is as I said it's this currency of energy that's changing yeah. or when it comes to a, a wider wound healing which I don't think we need to go into that those depths today it is additional things like having more scaffolding for the cells to build upon, it's not actually affecting the apoptosis reaction, which is programmed cell death, which is often the bit that goes haywire when you end up with a carcinogenic effect. Okay, all right, good to know. All right, look, you've been, you've been through the, the technical technical aspects of, of this um, material and, and the way it works very nicely, actually, I, I may say so too, you know. In uh, talking to a layman, and I, I got it. So cool. Good. What about this, though? Do these clothes look good? I like to think so. Um, the reality is, though, we started off, and it was a bit of a Henry Ford approach of any colour as long as it's black. <laughs> and the reason being that everybody has something, you know, a little black pair of leggings, as it were, in their in their wardrobe, and especially on the sporting side. Now, as we've grown as a business we have to make these products look good. And I wouldn't say that we've always hit it nail on the head on every single design we've released, but everything that we product that we produce, I'm very proud of, not just from a technical aspect, but that it fits well, it looks good. Um, and that's really essential in you know, growing a business in today's world. It's not good enough just to have a functional benefit. It, it has to be the full package. Okay, so you, you've been working on that as, as, as well, because. Let's face it, you know, even athletes like to uh, think they look good when they're out on the track or whatever it might be. Absolutely. All right. So with that in mind, well, maybe not with that in mind, but the fact that they're useful for athletes, are there any, can you drop any names, any famous sports people uh, using this stuff that you're allowed to uh, tell us about? 
<laughs> I have to scratch my head here to make sure that I, I stick to only people that we're allowed to talk about. Um, in terms of those that we're allowed to, I think here for any English listeners, certainly one of the biggest advocates we've had for since 2018 has been Johnny May, the England rugby player. Um, Johnny's been really fantastic in the sense that uh, he's ahead of every major tournament. He's been buying, topping up his Crimea kit, and he's really built that into his his program of usage. Um, Reading Football Club and uh, Women's Football Club have been using. Uh, we started supplying them twelve months ago, and then outside of that, we're used by Olympians, NFL teams in the US, US universities, uh, some UK universities are starting to use the products, uh, Premier League football teams, Championship football teams. Um, I'm just restricted in those that I can name drop in in the other areas, sadly. But uh, I'm very very proud that you know across the world, Chimera products have been helping everyone from an everyday athlete right the way through to some of the world's top uh, athletes win world cups win olympic gold medals and um, you know we, we've played our our part in helping them on that journey all right good let's bring the conversation right away from elite athletes and uh, and and to me actually right i mm-hmm. I, I went to the gym the i found the gym a very alien place and i went to the gym for the the first time ever really on Tuesday uh, I, I intend to start a, a program with a personal trainer mm-hmm. and anyway I, I had an intro I had great fun but the result is uh, now it's Friday I'm still having trouble walking up and down the stairs because I'm so stiff <laughs> will Chimera help with what trainers now call DOMS but everyone who's sensible seems to call it just been a bit stiff after exercise uh, yes it will and actually, it's an area of ongoing research that we're doing with the University of Loughborough, looking into the effect on delayed onset muscle soreness, which is what DOM stands for. Um, we know that from a pain relief mechanism, I've already described that, so you mm-hmm. would expect to be less sore. However, because of the localised and the kind of it works like that when you're being exposed to the product. You'd expect once you remove the products that you went back to normal levels of soreness, which we have you know, data sets showing us that that's not the case. Whether it's being used holistically across the day or whether it's being used in an isolated application such as just sleeping in the products, we're seeing that reported pain scores, which on an ongoing basis for an athlete are typically DOMS related, uh, are consistently reduced. Um, And so that's an area where, irrespective of what level of an athlete you are, it is a pain point, literally in this case, that you will perceive that it's been reduced. And we've had some really, really fantastic and quite moving reviews, for example, on, you know, that we've we've had made on the website. I remember one chap who titled the review of Only Chimera Made Lungs 2, where he spoke to how he'd tried to get into running a number of times. And each time had failed because the DOMS was inhibiting to him. And then through the use of Chimera products, it reduced that pain so that actually he could really build a love for running. And, you know, he then would send us pictures of his first half marathon, his first marathon, his first ultra marathon. And he, you know, he credits us reducing that, that, uh, mm-hmm. that DOMS for him to what allowed him to build the love for the sport. Very nice. So, and that shows nicely that, you know, this stuff, 
uh, can potentially help everyone. You know, you don't have to be an, an elite athlete, a professional footballer or, or whatever, you know. If you're looking at it from a percentage change standpoint, your everyday athlete, which I include myself in now, will stand to make a much bigger change than your elite athlete. And the reason being is that, you know, I say this as politely as possible, but I do include myself in this. We are further from our physiological peak than <laughs> an Olympian or a Premier League footballer is. Yeah. And as such, we stand to make bigger uh, change. Yeah, no, I get it. No, I, I, I identify with being quite a long way from my physiological peak, for sure. <laughs> um, from, what, from what you've been saying and, and describing, it, it seems there could be a lot of other uses outside of the sporting sphere. Uh, and, you know, the, so tell us about that. The one that I immediately thought of, well, you know, the military might quite like this and you know, things like that. But I... I are there other thoughts for uses of this kind of material? Uh, yes, so there there has been some uh, some military and defence usage, which I can't really go into many details for for obvious reasons. Um, where my heart is certainly is is the medical applications and you know improving one's day to day life. And I think a, a really good example of with an upcoming product that we're releasing uh, of how the products can straddle these different areas is uh, we're soon to be releasing bed sheets. And we've had a, a, a load of pre-orders for the bed sheets, and those have come from everyone from elite athletes, uh, athletic coaches, all the way through to care homes here in the UK. And so it's, again, it's the same biological processes that will be happening but it's a huge different cross-section of different people that, that can you know, be benefited uh, by the products. Um, my, one of my colleagues and I have uh, some meetings being booked with a uh, certain well-known space agency who I, uh, I can't actually say the name of just yet, but uh, for applications that could be in space. Yeah. But then a lot of the benefits that you would get from, you know, as an astronaut, there aren't very many astronauts right now. You can then transfer that back and apply it for, people that for example are sedentary you know because they're lying in a hospital bed for example yeah. um and how can we adapt a you know the core technology to go into a, a unique product to help those people as well it sounds like we potentially have lots of uses but fascinating very interesting so tim you know thank you very much indeed for coming to chat about this if people are listening to this and thinking goodness this sounds really interesting i would like to find out a little bit more or dare I say, even try and purchase uh, some Chimera stuff to help them on their way to winning the next marathon or whatever it might be. Uh, where can they find out a little more info, not just about Chimera, but actually about the, you know, the science behind it? So if they were to go on to ChimeraSport.com, and Chimera is spelled K-Y-M-I-R-A, or Kilo, Yankee, Mike, India, Romeo, Alpha, for those that want phonetically. Um, for the sporting people and for any of your audience that are on the medical side or looking for a loved one that has a medical need, they can go to chimeramedical.com and they'll be able to uh, see there are science pages on both websites that speak to the specific audiences and the benefits that they may perceive. Brilliant. Um, Tim, again, thank you very much. Absolutely fascinating. I'm glad you thought so. Thank you for having me. Thank you to my guests on this week's show. Thank you to you for listening. And a special thanks to the show's sponsor, AlgoCells, who bring regenerative orthopaedic medicine to the UK. See their website, algocells.com, for details. If you or a loved one are in pain, do have a look. 
Now, update on my gym work. I'm still fat. I am mostly with stiff muscles, but I do feel happy and like it's moving in the right direction. So more details next time. Thank you. That was the Relaxed Back UK show with me, Mike Dill. Thank you for listening and please do join us again next time.